five, six. Hand signals. Yeah, what episode Mel? are we? Does she know? Five plus three. We're at eight. eight. Oh. Episode whoa. eight, which is actually a very lucky number. Seven. 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 Never mind. Also still a lucky number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome to episode seven. Now that we've gone through that, um, we're doing another edition of Infrared Interviews. And this time we are lucky enough to have Anna, who is our newest brand ambassador for Snow Monkey, athlete brand ambassador. She just got home from New Zealand and doing her first half of the Olympic um, trials for sailing. So we're very happy that she beat jet lag and came to hang out with us. What's up, Anna? Nothing. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. <laughs> this is so fun. And Otto here. Yeah. Otto is Anna's biggest fan boy. <laughs> yeah, Otto refused to get... Autosana is just laying across <laughs> Rachel and Anna right now. It's fantastic. Um, you know, even dogs have to detoxify and let it out. So we're all in here together. Yeah. Um, and then also, last thing before I let Anna introduce herself and tell everyone a bit about her is that for all the infrared interviews going forward, we're going to have like a themed outfit to make the the guest feel more at home and more comfortable. <laughs> so we decided that because Anna is from Florida, that there was nothing more fitting than a couple of moo-moos that you would <laughs> find in a dollar store on the beach and then wear to the beach. So we're rocking some pretty great outfits right now. Yeah. Um... We also have discount codes for these if you want to DM us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just I'll give you yeah. Rachel's number. She's just new Rite Aid card. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. So Anna, do you want to tell everyone a bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Anna, and well, I I'm a sailor. <laughs> so um, I've been sailing since I was like eight years old. So um, a long time, and I'm 21. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, recently, I left Boston University to train for the Olympics and hope to make the 2020 Olympic team. I sail um, a foiling catamaran, which is it's hydrofoils out of the water. So maybe we can insert clip here. <laughs> yeah, pause. <laughs> yeah, brief pause. Yeah. Brief pause yeah. Um, so they're really fast uh, foiling catamarans, and I sail with. A guy it's a co-ed class um and so yeah like liza said i just got back from new zealand and did the first half of our olympic trials so um first half out of the way the next half will be in february hi auto <laughs> in australia so um we're coming up on the end of it and hope to make the olympic team <laughs> yeah and i feel like you have some bragging rights coming back from this first half right well, we're currently leading the um, first half of the trial, so um, it's pretty cool, and we're we're excited to get to the second half and finish finish the job. So, <laughs> um, but it's nice to get the first half out of the way. <laughs> Something's beeping. The chicken done? I don't know. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, so that's awesome. I feel like you're being super humble. So she's literally yeah. in first place for Team USA. Yeah, and that means go. she's going to go to the Olympics. Like, yeah, and like literally only one boat gets to go from each country and her boat is like very comfortably in first place. Knock on wood, but like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but like very great. So that's awesome. Um, and then you mentioned that your sailing partner is Riley. I think there's also something pretty unique about the configuration of your division of sailing. 
Yeah, so um, it's a co-ed class, the boat that I sail. It's called the NACRA 17. Um, and it's actually the only co-ed sport in the Summer Olympics. Um, so it's a really, really cool and interesting dynamic, especially because like, it doesn't matter if you... Um, so it's two people on the boat, but it doesn't matter if you drive or if you crew, which is what I do. Um, so there's a lot of men and females doing my job on the boat. So it's a really interesting dynamic and it keeps like keeps the level high of sailing because um, there's really no, like there has to be a guy and a girl on the boat. So it's like, it's an interesting partnership and dynamic and it's cool to be a part of it. Yeah. That's awesome. As female athletes are starting to get a lot more awareness and stardom, do you feel a shift in attention towards your sport or like the class of co-ed sailing at all? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I would say just more, more in a general sense, like, females in general, like, are getting more attention, yeah. and, like, the boat, the sailing that I do, like, it, it's becoming more and more high performance, so you need to be strong, and, like, you need to be powerful, and you need to be able to lift weights, and, like, you have to be, you have to, like, own your own body, because, like, at the end of the day, like, you're controlling the, the boat, and it's, like, I guess in, like, other sports, like, if you're running, like, yeah, you're controlling your own body, but, like, it's cool that, like, you are in charge of maneuvering this, like, huge sailboat. And it's, like, it's, like, small, but it, it's, like, very powerful, you know? Right. Um, hello, Otto. <laughs> um, so, um, like, I guess, I guess being a part of something that, like, requires you to be strong and fit and... Like as a female athlete, I think it's cool, and I think a lot of a lot of especially a lot of young girls and sailors, like I know, look up to um, like uh, older female sailors who are doing like the Olympic style sailing, and um, it's really cool to be a part of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And then your partner Riley, how did how did you meet Riley, and what has that relationship been like? So I met Riley um, back in high school. We were like we were just friends, and we like he was sailing different boats than I was, but we met um, through mutual friends, and like kind of the sailing world is like pretty small, so you meet a lot of people. And he asked me to sail with him um, while I was like finishing up my exams at BU, <laughs> and so. Um, but he's a really really talented sailor, and it's been really fun working with him. Um, but yeah, it's like nice to be. Nice to have a partner who you're like really friends with and right. close with and who you can trust um, and communicate with and um, like at the end of the day, like we're going to be really good friends. So it's no matter what happens on the water, you know, it's it's a cool, it's a cool partnership we have. So, yeah. Yeah. I think something we talk about a lot is how you like manage partnerships right. and how you manage the people that, I mean, I know for Rachel and I, we've been best friends forever, but then we also have this working relationship. Yeah. So it's always a delicate balance between, hey, in this moment, we're friends. And in this moment, like, this is this is a business. This is a team. This is no egos. This is, I'm going to tell you straight up how right. it is. You tell me straight up how it is in your mind. How do you and Riley navigate that friendship versus brutally honest teammates? Yeah. So that's actually really interesting that you asked that because the main i think like going into doing this like whole olympic campaign is like what you call it um 
I like was totally I gotta be honest I was like totally naive to like how to communicate because I, I was always sailing by myself like I was sailing boats by myself and so the communication aspect is like the most challenging part of it because you know you're out there like you want to win like everything like intense moments these boats are so fast like you're doing everything in split seconds you know um and being able to communicate and work on that and like balance especially like guy girl emotions you know like just like the way we are i feel like we're different and so we deal with emotions different ways and so working on that together is something that we're always trying to better and it's like not always easy <laughs> like we, there will be times like we'll be yelling at each other and like um but like trying trying to manage that as best we can because like at the end of the day everybody on the water is having the same issues as we are um but just keeping keeping it light when we can um and like really really trying to hone in on that is like we've really been working on because it does get difficult sometimes so um but it's it's fun and rewarding to when you get it right you know yeah when your communication's good and so yeah. yeah when the stakes are so high yeah and you're kind of like you're on edge yourself yeah yeah your yeah partner's on edge yeah yeah exactly and you like i've seen both sides of it like when we're not communicating well and when we're not sailing well and then when we're like communication's great and we're only saying the things that we need to say and it's like awesome you know and like well we're, we're winning races you know and like it's it's like always it's cool to like know what the feeling is what you're striving for all the time um so it's just trying to get that percentage higher and higher of, of the communication being really good so yeah I have I have a question relating to training because you said okay. that you have to keep, really own your body and control this massively powerful boat. Mm -hmm. What are actually the metrics and like training exercises that sailors traditionally do? So it's honestly different for everybody, but there's a lot of pulling involved. And so my my whole job is like I will trim the main which is like the big sail okay. and so while Riley's driving so Riley if you're listening to this like it's well it's like a common known fact that the crews do all the hard work <laughs> like <laughs> they're the ones um like almost steering the boat because you have the main so um <laughs> so short, right. short. so round two we lost Otto because he was panting yeah. <laughs> but did yeah. not want yeah. to get out very so, much enjoying yeah. Anna, do you feel like a lot of levity now that you don't have like a 65 pound <laughs> dog all over your oh, lap nice. yeah, it was like sauna? It was like making the sweat like more, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like more warmth. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So, I mean, back to the optimal metrics and training plan yeah. for a sailor. Yeah. So it's different for everybody because lots of people have um, different strengths and weaknesses, but it's a lot of pulling, like I said. So um, basically, like I'm always holding like the the main so it's like the main sail um and then when we go downwind which is like we'll change directions i'll hoist a kite and so i'll be trimming that um and then riley will, will hold the main sheet this is all a lot of sailing terms i don't really know how else to no, describe no, it but we'll so, link a sailing yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and in the load because the boats go so fast um like we hit 28 knots which is I think like 30 something miles an hour so like we're going pretty quick for a 17 foot boat um 
and the load is really really high so it requires you to be strong so you do a lot of pulling and naturally like because you do a lot of pulling like you'll get stronger and so a lot of the fitness that you need is just repetition on the water um and sailing fitness and like the cardiovascular needs to be really good okay. um as well um because you're always like your heart rate's always high and you do a lot of explosive movements um when i go back home i'm gonna work um at force physical therapy shout out force <laughs> um <laughs> to work on like some agility things um they have a really good program with a lot of nfl and mlb guys okay. um so i'll be doing a lot of agility and that i know will help my sailing a lot because you need to be agile and it's like you're always doing something on the boat so whatever it is like whether you're moving forward backwards in out you know trimming easing like whatever you're doing um it requires you to be super agile and quick and explosive so um i guess that's what i'm personally working on <laughs> so yeah but it keeps it fun i guess <laughs> a lot of weightlifting um i don't do as much as i did before okay um just because like things that i need to work on wouldn't necessarily be like i guess weights um because i like i i have previously like built that strength got it and so like now i'm just trying to keep my um cardiovascular up and like get more quick and agile okay. and um so specifically for me that's what i'm kind of trying to work on so a lot of upper body though <laughs> so it's like people are always like oh you're so strong i'm like well kind of have to be <laughs> so yeah yeah definitely i mean if someone put me on a boat and was like yo sail this i'd be like I'm just going to jump off the boat <laughs> yeah. right now because that's where I'm going to end up yeah. in about 30 seconds. You heard you saying that falling off the boat is incredibly dangerous. Why? Yeah, is it is. So, um, the boat that I sail, it's like hydrofoil. So basically it comes out of the water. So the, um, the foils are shaped in a way, like kind of like an airplane wing. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you fall off and like get striked by the foils, like you're going at such a high speed, it's like it's like imagine like a i don't know it's like a carbon fiber like piece of like this thin you know Isn't paper thin by a car yeah but it's like you're going like i said like you're going upwards to 30 miles an hour and it's imagine just like getting hit like that when you're like dead stuff you know carbon fiber yeah like whole piece piece yeah. yeah and so it's like if you get hit by that you know it's pretty dangerous so these boats like are <laughs> are dangerous so like and really the only way to like get through it is you can't hold back I've learned <laughs> so um it's a lot of commitment and to like to sending it I guess <laughs> to like prevent that from happening but um yeah it can be detrimental knock on wood yeah good thing we're sitting in a <laughs> yeah. wood box so yeah, I think we're yeah moments to knock yeah. On wood. yeah <laughs> so so I want to know, so you do all this training, this physical training on the water and then mm -hmm. off the water. What do you do in terms of like mental training? Like how do you stay mentally strong waking up every single day, ready to do it again, potentially get hit by a carbon fiber yeah. piece going at 28 knots? Yeah. And you're like, this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to do it again today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, so something that's really cool about sailing is like you're you have so many factors that are always changing so it's like whether it's the sea state or the wind um like other boats you know like everything's constantly changing changing like no moment will ever be the same you know like if you go like 
I don't know. Like, a soccer field will always be a soccer field. Like, um, whatever. A football field will always be a football field, you know? But, like, sailing, like, everything's always moving and it's, like, always flowing in different directions, you know? Whatever it is. Um, so, going out, like, with, I guess, the right mindset to, like, find something that you want to fine-tune and work on and, like, focusing your energy on that. Because there's so, there's literally so many things, like, that will never just get perfect because, you know, like, everything's changing, right? We have so many factors around us. So just trying to get as close as you can to that with, like, multiple things, um, it keeps it keeps you engaged. And um, it's – sometimes it is hard. You're like, okay, like, I'm really tired. Like, I've been sailing for five days or whatever, and you're like, just get through the last day. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know if you've heard this, like, like, my rowing coach used to say, like, oh, just, just show up, you know? And, like, at the end of the day, just showing up is better than not showing up. So, it does get hard sometimes, but I think the whole constant change of sailing, like, allows me to stay engaged, and it's really fun. Like, being out on the water is, like, a feeling that I just really enjoy. And so, like, I'm, I guess I'm lucky to, like, be doing what I love, I guess. So, the fact that I do love sailing keeps it so much easier, too, to to stay engaged so I don't know if that was I answered the question right so the next hurdle is worlds yes and then that'll be the deciding factor on if you actually go to the Olympics or not yes and then depending on those two outcomes what is the plan if you go to the Olympics and then what or you don't make it then what so if well <laughs> I'm hoping to go, so that's that's <laughs> we're the, all yeah yeah <laughs> we're crossing everything. Um, so like from now until then, I'm gonna just be making sure that I'm doing everything that I can to to make sure that we are the representatives at the games. Um, and after we'll be probably have some time off after the worlds because we'll be have a large training block um, leading up. And then we'll start our Europe circuit. We call it so that's always in the spring, and it starts. Um, in March, so we'll probably go somewhere between mid-March and start a Europe circuit. And then probably after that, we'll try to head to Japan um, as much as we can because the conditions in Japan are actually very specific. It's, like, so hot. It is seriously, like, probably hotter than here in the sauna. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but everyone but references it's, it's 135 yeah. degrees. So, yeah. Sauna right everyone now. is yeah. going to Tokyo for the Olympics. Yeah. Go naked. Like, they... Apparently, they've, like... <laughs> to like 3 a.m. or something I, oh. I heard that somewhere don't quote me on that but I because it's so hot you know so it's extremely hot like it's so humid um you get to the point where you're drinking water and you're like not peeing because it's so hot you know you're just sweating it all out so and also like during the summertime like a lot of typhoons will come mm -hmm. so it'll bring like massive huge waves like there's huge huge waves and for the boat that I sail like because you're foiling out of the water it makes it so hard to sail in waves so it's really challenging conditions um and it seems like there's the conditions are just extreme so it's either very little wind or super super windy um so we'll probably be spending as much time as there as we can okay. um because it's super specific um not really sure the plan 
like exact plan but that's kind of an idea okay yeah so. so speaking on those like conditions I mean I feel like everyone kind of has whether you're in business or a sport or whatever and you're playing in a new place or you have a new challenge you're like okay let me go analyze the situation and figure out where I start when you have to go to a new location that has sea that you've never sailed before mm-hmm. what's your kind of your go-to-market strategy is like the only the only thing that's coming to yeah. my mind right now but like what's your strategy in terms of being like all right this is what we need to do to learn how to sail here right yeah so um like a simple question is i mean a simple answer is kind of like i don't know <laughs> you know like we're always learning and trying to get better but i mean really the only way to do it is just like go out and sail um and try to pick up what you can um there's a pretty good basis of understanding of like what the boat needs in certain extreme conditions so like we kind of start there and then we'll alter to like um what we're feeling in the boat and how it's reacting you know um so there's a lot of like settings that we can do on the boat um that can control like how how we're sailing the boat and like our body movement um so a lot of the time the boat will kind of tell you what it needs like in a sense so we just kind of try to feel like what the boat wants and for it to go as fast as it can um but yeah it's it's hard yeah it's a lot of a lot of trial and error and 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 like I said earlier just trying to make that percentage as high as possible because you're never going to do anything completely 100% right right um so just trying to make that percentage higher and higher and um yeah so doing the best I can at that (laughs) are there certain athletes that you really look up to that inspire you um I wouldn't say specific athletes I've always looked up to um Anna Tobias Anna Tonicook Tobias um she's an Olympic gold medalist and in 2008 and she's won the CrossFit Games um twice and very successful in both sports um and she grew up sailing in Lauderdale at some point so she was coaching me and so I've always kind of looked up to her and she's actually sailing again um trying to go to the games as well so it's like really it's really cool to kind of um look up to her like as like a young girl you know and now like we're kind of on the same like we're we're trying to go for the same thing and it's just I don't know it's really cool to to like still look up to her but like also be a friend with her you know um and you're competing against your coach ex-coach well, well she's right? she's in a different boat class but oh, like okay. but um it's I don't know it's just like really cool to be in the same like you're in the same yeah league. like yeah. yeah so it's because well, you'd I've be always, on the same Olympic team together yeah yeah like, so it's yeah so um I've always looked up to her um and I look up to just like a lot of female athletes like I don't know a lot of CrossFit athletes and and just people people who are who are like really doing going for it you know (laughs) leave nothing behind yeah yeah exactly and yeah and speaking of going for it I mean you briefly touched on it in the beginning but you literally just up and left university to go try to be in the Olympics which is the coolest thing ever in my opinion (laughs) but can you walk us through what that decision making process was like and how you were just like you know what I'm gonna put the books here and I'm gonna go do this I'm gonna go live my dream yeah so 
I've always kind of grown up, and I think a lot of, most people have, like, in the sense that, especially in the U.S., like, you're gonna go to high school, whatever, like, you're gonna play a sport, you know, um, and then you're gonna go to college, whatever, graduate, and then, like, after, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to high school, go to college, and then after, I'm gonna do an Olympic campaign, like, that's my plan, um, and so I, like, had joined the, well, I, I went to BU, so, Fellow BU. Yeah. yeah. All um, three of us. Yep. We didn't know Anna at BU. No. Yeah, she's like yeah. totally serendipitous. Go Terriers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was originally sailing at BU and it wasn't necessarily the right thing for me because college sailing is completely different from Olympic style sailing. And so um, I ended up walking onto the rowing team, like Rachel. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy because so, we didn't know each other there. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah well, we weren't there at the same time. Yeah, it's just like wild coincidence. Um. But I was really enjoying rowing, and it was, like, something that I was really passionate about. And so that kind of kept me going, and I just wanted to get better and better at it. And Riley had asked me uh, fall of, let's see, I'm, like, fall of 2018. I was, like, finishing up my exams. He's like, hey, want to sail the NACRA? I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, because I, like, like, it would be fun, you know? <laughs> and he's like, okay, like, and then, like, a week later, he's like, how serious are you about sailing NACRA? I was like, uh, yeah, you know? So I, like, I call my parents. I'm like, mom, dad, Riley asked me to sail the NACRA. And, um, and so my parents are like, Anna, like, you can't focus on this right now. You gotta finish your exams. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, But I was still, like, secretly talking to Riley. I was like, um, and so it ended up being that, like, all the, everything kind of made sense. And I was like, well, I know school will be here. And, one thing that really helped me was my parents were supportive of it as long as everything was like in line and right. it made sense um at first I was like kind of scared to tell them because they've always been huge advocates of me like finishing school before I did the sailing um but they were like well this is like a huge opportunity for you um and I I, I knew that too and like I knew I would regret it if I didn't take a leave of absence and like BU is still standing it's it's still there you know so um I like talked with my rowing coaches and advisors and they're all very very um supportive and happy for me to do it so um it was it felt like an easy decision like in hindsight it was like okay we got to make sure everything's gonna work out but like I this is essentially what I want to be doing and so um I'll just I'll finish school after (laughs) had surgery about six months ago on both of my arms so um that was pretty tough because I was having issues with my arms and I like wouldn't be able to sail properly I'd be able to sail like 10 minutes without having extreme pain like I wouldn't be able to grip anything so um I think that was probably the biggest hurdle because I couldn't finish our European event and so I flew like straight home and 
for like two weeks I had doctor's appointments like every single day um and I was like they like stuck huge needles in my arm I like had a scar for like ever from it I was like it was like the worst I was like screaming crying <laughs> um but <laughs> um <laughs> I was like Rachel hates needles yeah like, yeah I was like needles. I'm like seriously so scarred from needles like all my all my physios are like oh it's too dry needling I'm like no <laughs> um but essentially like they didn't really know like n- none of the tests came back positive for what I had was which is exertional compartment syndrome um and so we had recently qualified at our first event in Europe for the Pan American Games and the Olympic test event. And that was like a huge honor because we had just been sailing together for a month and we had qualified for that team. And so um, knowing that I I had to get surgery or like I wouldn't be able to sail if I didn't get surgery was really scary, especially because from my first surgery date, to the Pan American Games, competing at the Pan American Games. It was like six or seven weeks or something like that. So it was like a really fast recovery time that I needed to do. Um, so it was like really scary to me. And like, I wanted to go represent the US at the game, at the Pan American Games. Um, and that was our chance to qualify the US for like a country spot at the game. So it was a really big event, not only for us, but for the country to be able to qualify a spot. Um, so, like, long story short, I ended up getting surgery, um, and, like, our team physios were, who are incredible, um, like, helped me recover, and I was in there for, like, four hours a day, and wow. it was, like, a long, long recovery process, but, um, that honestly was the easiest part, um, just deciding, lead this, deciding to get the surgery was honestly probably the hardest thing, um, but recovered in six weeks. Wow. Six and five weeks on each arm. Um, and got to sail the Pan Am Games. Yeah, so. And won the Pan Am Games. Yeah, and we won a gold medal. Yeah, and we won a gold medal, which was, like, crazy. It was, like, such a cool feeling. Um, and we qualified the country there, so. But in, in hindsight, it was a hurdle, but, like, it, it now allows me to sail pain-free and no issues at all so it's like thank you for the surgery <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> so yeah but that was probably probably the decision to get surgery was the hardest thing I've had to do it was like yeah <laughs> I can't even imagine but luckily yeah. all very much worth it oh it was like it's like night and day sailing yeah so <laughs> I got shivers when you said it's not only my future but the country yeah, <laughs> yeah. no big deal america would not be represented yeah. so cool so the country was saved your arms were saved country was saved my arms were saved you know everything's good cool see you in tokyo yeah. amazing well any last questions from you no no last questions because i'm trying to honor our yeah. 20 minute window i mean yeah. I'm going to be asking Anna a lot of questions offline, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it goes without saying you have a sauna full and an office full of fangirls here, and we couldn't be more excited to have a brand ambassador that's really pioneering and kind of shaping this like new role of like what female athletes look like, also participating in the only co-ed sport. That's like a really interesting conversation to be mm-hmm. around, and we will be watching everything <laughs> virtually and I'm gonna get the races yeah, right yeah. and also be in Tokyo. Yeah. I mean the Snow Monkey fam is 
is beyond excited. Well, I'm, like, so Stay. proud to represent, like, Snow Monkey and be part of it. It's really cool to be part of something like this. How so. feasible would it be for you to um, trim the mane and also eat Snow Monkey? We could get you a soft serve machine. Yeah. And you could just, yeah. like, open it into your mouth and embrace. I'd have to figure something out, but it could I mean, it could. You're, like, trapezing anyways, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. you don't need your Riley can, Riley can hold a mane for, like, a sec while I eat some Snow Monkey. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like you're yeah. you're super bored throughout the whole thing and not doing much. Test that in your agility training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, force. All right. You heard that. Yeah, force physical therapy. Yeah. Shout New out. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Yep. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. yeah of thanks course. For out. So, also everyone follow uh, Snow Monkey at, at Eat Snow Monkey. Then obviously follow Anna. Say your hand, it's Weiss Anna. It's Weiss Anna, yeah. yeah. And then also Gibbs Racing. Yeah, Gibbs, 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 Gibbs Weiss Racing, so. And we'll put that in font. Yeah, we'll yeah. put everything there. <laughs> follow all of us so that you can get, the pl- mainly follow her. But <laughs> 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 then us as the tagalongs. Cool, well, cool. see everyone next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast also make sure to follow us on Instagram at EatSnow. Monkey Business is brought to you by the Snow Monkey Kingdom and produced by Alex English. Our theme song is brought to you by Alex English.